you may ask. How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You are actually listening to a special live broadcast today with Hey 19, and the goal of NRM Streamcast over the next couple weeks is to inform, educate, and entertain. And entertain we shall, uh, but before we even get rolling, I have to thank my amazing production team, um, who worked back and forth with today's guest, um, with all uh, some of the um, difficulties, I guess. They worked it out, and we are now joined by Shoshana Meller. Shoshana Meller um, is a mental health expert who has worked as a behavioral health counselor. She has worked in suicide prevention and has started her own program, which we're going to talk about today, called Project Proactive. Shoshana, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy we were able to work this out. Yeah, look at that. If you don't mind, um, because we had a delay till we got started, um, where were you? Oh, (laughs) does everyone really want to know? They probably do, believe it or not. Everyone actually wants to know. Okay. I went to go get tested for corona, along with my family. Huh. Was it, was, it, was, it, uh, was, it, was it such a bad test? It, it was pretty bad. They stick something up your nostril and then up the other nostril, um, pretty high up there. Do you know how long it takes? Like here in Detroit, it, now it's getting better. It was supposed to take up to four days to get an answer. That's what they said. Yeah, they said one to three days, but expect three days. So. Wow. And you told For me. For now. Yeah, you told that? me. Go ahead. Oh, I said for now we're pretty much supposed to lay low and not see anyone like the rest of the world. Right. You know, you have to stay in your house for 14 days. Yeah. But it is meant, and, and I know here in, in Michigan, schools are closed. They don't want kids going anywhere. They, um, they, um, they don't want oh. people shopping. Is that what's happening in Memphis right now where you guys are a little better yeah. off? The schools are closed. The shopping's closed. I think ice cream is open. We were about to go there. <laughs> you probably should have it delivered. Drive through. Oh my! Unbelievable! It's like perfect timing because the <laughs> studio this week actually, and you're my first guest for this. They want to focus. They want all the different hosts to do live shows and focus on the virus. So we're gonna go a drop off topic, but not for you. Because uh, we're going to get into what we wanted today, your project proactive, but you are a mental health expert, and people are now going to be home with their children for many weeks. Here, schools are closed till April fifth, which is another uh, two and a half weeks, and then the Passover vacation starts. So we're really mm-hmm. out of school for five weeks. So, um, so as a mental health expert, what could happen, and what should people be doing to help themselves? Well, the main things that I keep hearing are 
um, the anxiety around the virus in general and the unknown and the kinds of um, reactions that that the parents have as a result of this as something that they've never faced before and how they handle it and what their kids are seeing um, in terms of their reactions. And, of course, everybody has brings their own personalities and their own, um, you know, path into it. But um, a big topic on our page has been, you know, the anxiety around the coronavirus and then even also, like, the guilt of not knowing how to deal with homeschooling your children and what to do with your children, the guilt of, you know, for for people who had always thought of themselves being a good parent, good mom, good dad, now they're suddenly going crazy with their kids. And, you know, how do I deal with, um, you know, this, this feeling of being trapped with my family? Trapped is not so terrible. I, I tell people all the time, we go away for one weekend in the winter, way up north, all snow. And uh, at least for 24 hours, you know, it's not so bad playing with the kids. I'm not sure what happens if it's longer than that. Right. But, exactly. So what do you tell people? What would you tell someone or yourself, by the way, that now you're going to be home with your kids and you guys could be, co- hopefully it's going to come out negative, but you could be cooped up for a couple of weeks. So what is a parent to do? Well, the things that I keep hearing um, from our uh, team of uh, mental health professionals and just from what's out there now is kind of this theme of, like, keeping a schedule and keeping up to things that you would do normally um, in whatever way, you know, whatever way you can. So what that means would be to get up and get dressed. Um, and then, you know, make that schedule of, like, make sure there's some kind of physical activity, whether that's um, getting out in the backyard and, or even in the house doing jumping jacks with the family, getting on, on, putting on some kind of show about, like, working out and then, you know, doing a little routine with the family. Um, so there's that. And then even with the whole social distancing thing, like, um, you know, we're in a society that... Um, our social lives are a very big part of our lives. So, you know, getting in touch with people, getting in touch with, you know, your distant relatives, checking on people to see if they're okay. Um, that sometimes just that makes you sometimes feel better. Um, by like the very, you know, idea of doing something nice for someone else. Um, and then of course with the, with the homeschooling to keep with the schedule, to keep with, um, you know, doing your best and reaching out to organizations that can help, to people that can help. Um, there's a lot out there for whatever kinds of issues people are facing to yeah, help we, deal with it. We had it last night. Um, it was probably my fault. Uh, my son came. They sent home packets of stuff, a little overwhelming, because it's all the stuff they would do over the next three weeks. So that's a lot of work. Oh, and yeah. I, I always thought I was pretty good at math, but they have a new system of math they use, and I can't for the life of me. It's it, last night was approximating or something, or, or I can't remember something like that. Approximating, so I know in my brain how I'll approximate. Right. But I, my son wasn't happy that I couldn't give him a concrete way to approximate because that's not how his teacher teaches it, and therefore he ran to his bedroom and slammed the door. So um, my wife said. You know, maybe some of all this work we're going to go a little easier on. But um, how old are you two that you have at home? I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. 
but I also tutor different ages, so I'm very familiar with the this whole thing that's going on. You can tutor them on your phone, but you don't have to worry about the third grade, the three year old's math right now. So at least that right, part exactly. is uh, is all What's good. That? Yeah. What did you say? No, no. I just said that uh, that you could still tutor over the phone, and your three year old won't worry about the math. That's all I said. Oh right, yeah, yeah. We're doing virtual tutoring now, but it is. I mean, you know, with young kids, it's its own challenges of trying to keep them busy, cooped up in the in the house. And and for you yourself to not go stir crazy. Yeah. Right? I'm sure you're looking yeah. forward to that. Right. Okay. So now, now that we schmoozed for a few minutes, I always ask people my first question. For you, it wasn't the first question. But we do want to get into, into some of the things you've done and are doing right now. Who is Shoshana Meller? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Well... I can tell you that I am a person who is definitely, at this point in my life, very, very passionate about making a change in um, the way people see mental health. Um, it, I, it started a few years ago, and I think that this is something that definitely is part of my identity, part of who I am. Um, because it's just I've, I've seen it in my own personal life. I've seen it in, you know, my work life. And I've seen the way that, you know, mental health can impact people. And I think that um, there can be major changes if we approach it right as a society. Um, so when I, when I think of who I am, I think of that. I really do. Um, I... I... Um, also think of myself as a Memphis girl and out of towner. <laughs> um, that's definitely part of my identity, Good. and a mom, and just someone who cares to make a difference. Amazing. Just most people listening probably don't realize. Um, I grew up um, in a, a, a suburb of New York City, and we were called the in towners. And anybody who basically lived, you know, outside of the East Coast region was called an out of towner. So the, the joke was one time here in Detroit, so there was one of these conventions of girls, and they got up and said, okay, all the in-towners, please stay, and everybody else go to the next room, and you're going to be sent wherever. And most of the girls stayed, because most of the girls from the East Coast, and they couldn't understand when you say in-towners, you don't mean the people who live in Detroit. You obviously mean <laughs> us, but okay, fine. So, um, but let's get into, into your passion, which, is, which was well said. So, so you, you were talking about that you have a passion in the mental health arena because, uh, and we talked about this, that there's a lot of people out there that need help but are either embarrassed to ask for it, they think if they ask for that help, they're going to be uh, looked down upon. Um, is that the kind of stuff you're looking to deal with or you're going in a different direction? Okay, it cut out a little bit, but I'm just going to repeat back what I heard, um, that, you know, there are a lot of people who may need, are looking for help, but won't get that help because it's done upon. Is that what you're saying? Yes, what you're yes, saying? exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, definitely, definitely, okay, so we have a few different um, kind of approaches to, or like, I guess, goals in the kinds of population that we would be affecting. That's definitely 
um, a huge portion of it. Uh, you know, the people who are who are who need the help and would be too embarrassed to get help, also who wouldn't even know where to look for help. Um, what is one of the big things of Project Proactive to try to um, centralize the um, resources that are out there and that um, people like should have access to, but just don't because there isn't enough funding. You know, they don't have enough funding for um, for marketing or for you know to get their um, their name out there enough. So that's one of our big missions is for that population. Um, another population is the people who might not even be educated in uh, mental health in the first place. So someone who uh, like might not even believe that mental illness can you know can be viewed the same way as physical illness there's a lot a lot of ignorance out there so um we by you know having a social media presence and having um you know like being consistent with what we put out there we hope to reach other people too who may not have otherwise been able to like access that kind of information um people who generally do know about mental health and just would like more information there's them there's them too or people who um you know have their family who was impacted by mental health or their friends and they don't know how to respond um so my hope has always been you know we put this stuff out there and you know let's say someone just someone randomly sees it and then it affects them later in life and they remember oh i, I saw that on project proactive oh i saw something about this let me like let me go. And then they go and they see our website and they see um, all the like different resources and content we have out there. And then they are connected to something else that could help them or someone that they love. So um, it really is just building a big network, a big community around, you know, this, this mission. Okay. Well, I'm going to take us back a, a few steps because um, you spent a lot of time telling us some of the things that Project Proactive is working on taking care of. But I really wanted to focus first of why you felt the need to create Project Proactive. Again, Project Proactive, um, it's, uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to give you uh, places to go and look for it where people can go to the, to the websites and other things and learn all about mental health and, and the services they can receive. But um, why did you feel it necessary to create this, um, your social networking and your and your website and your whole project called Project Proactive. Why was it necessary? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, it, I don't know if it's cutting out for me also, but it's, it is cutting out for you a little bit. No, we're good, but, Angel. Um, Angel, can you hear me? One second. She says it's cutting out. Are, I'm clear. Are we good? Everything on our side, uh, Shoshana, is perfectly clear. So I don't hear anything that's not working properly. So you could keep talking. We hear everything. It's perfect. Okay. Okay, great. Um, all right. So I, I'm, I'm really happy you asked that because it's, it's such an important question. Um, when, I, when, I was in, when I was working um, for an organization called Hope for the Day, that does um, proactive suicide prevention that you mentioned before. Um, that they had done a lot of um, research and a lot, just basically um, found that that the um, in order, like one of the best ways to help prevent suicide is through um, 
basically like awareness and being proactive about it. And that's so I, when I started that, that's kind of was my first um, kind of like eye opening understanding of like, you know, there, there really is stuff out there. And then, and then it kind of was, I, I don't know if the right word is ironic, but um, it happened to be that I had personal family um, things that were going on at that time related to mental illness. And when I, um, I like, I've seen a lot of people struggle, um, like, you know, people in my life struggle uh, to know where to go, who to turn to, what to do, what the proper resources are. Um, and I've also seen people being pushed to the side, like being hushed and being told to keep quiet about it um, just to protect their image, you know suicide being, um, you know, covered up because they're too embarrassed. And then, you know, you hear about the next suicide and, you know, like you're covered the school, let's say a girl who's in uh, high school commits suicide and the, the parents and the family want to keep it up, which is, you know, you have to respect the family's decision to do that. But all these people, all their friends are struggling with their, with what just happened. And, you know, and then, the next person wants to do it too because they don't, there's not enough information out there. So it really, I guess I, I, from a personal level, I saw it as an issue. And then once I, once I saw, you know, from, um, the, like the kinds of things that I was involved in, that it was a, like an even bigger issue and there were, there are solutions to it. That's when I realized, like, let me see what to do about this in the Jewish community. Cause I wasn't working in the Jewish community. So I, I um, reached out to um, all the. I did some research. I tried to find. I tried to find Jewish organizations that helped out with, you know, um, like mental illnesses, what to do when you're in crisis, stuff like that. Um, just based on my own research, I found. I, I made phone calls. I called everyone that I could just to kind of like figure out what, like, what's out there, um, and I was really underwhelmed with what I found um and that's when I realized that I I feel like I want to take it on the responsibility of making these the things that are out there more accessible and encouraging you know people to be able to talk openly about that and that's my very long answer to your question no and and I like the answer and I appreciate the answer and my time is flying even faster because we we had a late start so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you for three things, and hopefully we can get them done in about two minutes before they cut me off. Um, one is, um, why couldn't you find anything in the Jewish community to help everybody? Like, why didn't this type of uh, project exist? Um, I want you to tell us how we can get involved in Project Proactive or find out about it, and anything else you'd like to leave us with. And I got about two minutes. Okay. Two minutes, you said? No, I have one minute. So just tell us how to get involved in Proactive and leave us with a message because my time flew by. Okay. Um, I would love to address your first question, but I'll... I'll Another say, day. Don't you, worry. Another day. It is a really important question. Um, the, the How to get involved. So go to jproactive.com. Um, and well, first of all, obviously follow us on all our social media accounts. Project at Project underscore Proactive um, on Instagram. That's where we post all of our content. And then, um, 
And then if you want to get involved and like and share all our stuff, that's the best and easiest way to get involved with this kind of thing, spreading messages. And um, and then the next, if you if you have a chunk of time and you really want to get hands-on, go to jproactive.com and go to the Get Involved page um, and be in touch with us through there because we're always looking for volunteers. We're always happy to for people to join our team. So, um, And the message that I would leave you off with... If you like. Um, I just want to say thank you for having us on your show. I mean, thanks for having me. Um, I I mean, definitely, if you're listening to this and you, you know, you or a loved one have been touched by uh, mental illness, definitely, um, we would love to hear from you. Reach out. Um, go check out our page and tell us if, the, if, if it's helpful to you and what you might think we can add. It's a community effort, so everybody... Um, who, you know, everybody who sees us or reaches us in some way is really part of this mission and this goal, and together we can really be the change. Cool. Shanna, thank you so much. We will get back together because we ran out of time, and I do want to hear some of the other stuff we talked about, but I do have to let you go. Um, I hope you're feeling better. I hope you test negative, and we'll be in <laughs> touch. And here comes my All music. Right. So that was really, you're welcome. This was fast. The music is playing. I couldn't do it without my wonderful sponsors and listeners. I couldn't do it without all of you. Thank you to my production team who pulled through today. Kelsey, Angel, Stephen. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.